0: back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike. I'm joined as always by the president of memes of Jets Twitter. It's NYJ Matt. And today we have a very special guest. You'll know him from Twitter as his actual name. It's Harrison Glazer. Harrison, thanks for coming on, buddy.
1: Oh, it is my absolute pleasure. I'm so glad to be joining these two fine gentlemen here talking about the Jets. Let's get it down.
2: Yeah, dude, 100% ready to go. So <clears throat> I, I know that in your Twitter bio, you bring up that you're the CEO and founder of Take Flight Media. How did that kind of start? And, uh, yeah. and what are you doing with it?
1: Uh, I am. Yeah, I'm glad you, uh, you asked that. I actually started out, ironically, getting into this. I am a teacher. I teach social studies. That's my normal profession. And mm-hmm. I'm also a writer as well. I write books, novels, poems. And I just happened to meet the editor of Jet Nation, the big, you know, Jet Nation handle back in 2018. And we just started talking and I told him, you know, I'm a teacher and I'm a writer and I've always been a big Jet fan. And he was just like, oh, you know, you know, we might be looking to bring some guys on if you want to write something, maybe shoot it by me. It was like just happenstance. But I wrote something. He asked me for a specific article and he told me it was gold. And we just went from there, wrote a couple of things for Jet Nation for about a year two years, give or, uh, a year, year, year or so, give or take. And then uh, I actually got to go to camp. That was one of the coolest things. I got to go to 2018 Jets camp as the press on the sideline when they're interviewing players. It was an awesome experience. Hey, that was great. Sam, yeah.
0: That's
1: fun. yeah, no, exactly. Sam Bridgewater was out there. McCown was out there lighting it up. That was a lot of fun. So I enjoyed that. And then Things just didn't, you know, work out there. Decided to move on. And I hadn't been writing for a little while. I uh, decided I wound up using Twitter a lot and built up a little bit of a presence there. Mm -hmm. And been just tweeting a lot, you know, about the Jets. Finally got a lot of traction. A lot of followers. Shout out to my boys. Love the guys. Appreciate you all following me. And it's been going great. And then I just decided... Not that long ago because I got offered a gig from someone else and I was like, I kind of would like to write for myself, you know, no filter, not have to worry about editors telling me, you know, what to do or this or you can't publish that or you can't say that. And I just say it for what it is. And so far it's going really awesome.
2: That's great, man. No, we know how it is having no editor or someone telling us we can't do it because, you know, I tweet out ridiculous memes. Mike tweeted out that Harvey Lang, lost virginity when he was eight. So we are tweeting out ridiculous things right now. I love how you brought up 2018 training camp because me and Mike were there. We were just the dumb drunk idiots in the third row, freaking out on like a three yard out route in a live practice. It was, we were there, we try to go every year, but it's always fun. Whoever has to drive, has to deal with the other two. Uh, we, we bring up our buddy and we're always shit faced at like 9am <laughs> tailgating in the parking lot. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, no, you probably saw me because I was the idiot that kept moving out of the press area and they kept yelling at me to go back because I didn't know where the lines were because I'd never been there before. <laughs> so you, maybe if you remember that, that was my, I got to see Mike McKagan. I wish at the time I wanted to tell him I didn't like him as a GM, but it was like, you know, one of those star moments. Oh, you get to meet a guy like this. So I just kind of bit my lip and was like, yeah, nice to meet you. Yeah, we
2: we're, <laughs> were there in 2015 um, in McKagan's first year. And he came out on the sideline and we were screaming at the top of our lungs like that he was our hero. He got Revis back. That was only what we cared about. That year he was great. And the training camp was the Marshall versus Revis in the ones and we were locked in any time that happened. But I remember watching McCadnan probably on his third coffee of the day. And I'm screaming like a maniac at him. As much as we uh, we fault McAden for his horrific draft picks, and sometimes Mike tries to defend it a little bit, but we always appreciated that McAden, for at least the first two years, did what the fans wanted. You know, he he brought in guys in 2015 that won 10 games, and then the f- year after, we're like, we should get Matt Forte. He gets Matt Forte. So it's always not great to be a Twitter GM where the people want something and it kind of gets done. We wanted Bell. He got Bell. Um, We wanted a big receiver. He traded for Marshall. So we were kind of pro-McCagnon until the final year and a half, and then it kind of fell apart.
0: He had to re-sign Fitzpatrick and Muhammad Wilkerson going into 2016.
1: Had to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you guys. But honestly, if I – Mesa, I feel like McCagnon's kind of like, you know, that girlfriend while you were dating her. You didn't know what kind of a train wreck it was until you stepped away from the situation (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you realized oh my god what what was that and i've been talking to a lot of jet fans about this and the best way to think about it is like you mentioned free agency our two last GMs are so unbelievably incompetent and unable to draft whatsoever. They swing big in free agency to make up for that. And that's not how you build a team. That's why you said 2015 had great success, but it fell from there because you can't build a team to free agency. So we became preconditioned. I know I'm guilty of it. When free agency starts, that was like my bread and butter. I was like, man, <laughs> who sign in? Who are we going for? Who's yeah. the big name guy? But now we got Douglas and he's made me realize we've been doing it wrong. He made me realize that we were preconditioned the wrong way. I love his free agency all one-year deals or potential out in one year. This guy I feel like he's finally showing you like the way it should be done and I just hope he gets to execute his vision.
0: Hope <laughs> oh, it's right, but he is also O9 to start so <clears throat> we'll see, you know. He could you, you know you could do it the right way and not go O9. Probably, but also- I mean, the way
1: I look at it is, and fans talk about that all the time. The problem is, again... A GM that builds through the draft, their first years, their second years, if they come into an awful team, look at Mike Mayock. Mike Mayock is one of the greatest draft, brilliant men you've ever seen. And in his first year there, the team was garbage. People were saying, Gruden should be fired after just one year because it takes time to build a team the right way, especially when you just have nothing in place because everyone was a free agent So we're here today, but they're gone tomorrow. So when you go to look at your your cultivated draft talent, you realize – holy crap, there's nothing there. And like you said, Douglas isn't the guy to swing big in free agency. So you have a guy that's trying to correct the imbalance. I honestly feel like he knew this was going to happen this year. I really do.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think this was a year that Douglas was looking in. Don't have to make the playoffs. Be competent. Get that 10 to 14 draft pick, maybe 8 to 12 range, and then move on from there. I I think unlucky for him is Joe Thune got – franchise tag and that was his one guy going into free agency that was reported if you get that line with becton and mcgovern and then fan who has been out of arguably all the free agents been the guy that has surprised the most that's a different type of o-line so look for that that signing in this offseason but we should get into the game last night because i was talking to mike throughout it was the most uncomfortable i've ever felt watching a jet game I'm a huge pro win guy at all times. I think there are very, very few instances where you should ever root for your team to lose, especially in early November. But not having Darnold in that game, like I would do anything for Darnold to have done what Flacco did last night and win the game. The problem was once we get to like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, I didn't know where my head was at. I'm like, are we really going to win a game? take us out of the first pick, which is Mike always talking about the most important asset in NFL history potentially, or you get that Trevor Lawrence guy who as each week goes, we are getting closer to that area and and having that be the right move. Last night I went through a roller coaster of emotions and I'm glad the young guys played well, but uh, we'll start with Mike and Mike, you're taking the game and then we'll go with Harrison.
0: Yeah. Well, the frustrating thing is either. So Flacco wins that game, you know, you get the, Though, you know, Flacco looked good. Darnold didn't take[s], which are just stupid and annoying. But that's just one side effect. It's like having COVID and having a stomach ache. It's but a small that, side effect.
2: Usually, that peop- those people are like twenty percent
1: last yeah, it's night. Three
2: Dang. out of four people were like, Flacco is better than Darnold. And I'm like,
0: Just even to troll, is just you don't want to deal with that.
1: I literally not. I literally wrote an article on exactly that. My most recent <laughs> article is, seriously, my most recent article is literally that. Because if you look at my feed, I've been pointing this out all year. I have a whole statistic I went through, talked about it on my podcast, showing Flacco in his first three games he played this season when there was no talent, when he had Crowder, but Perriman wasn't there, Mims wasn't there, the running game wasn't there. He struggled. His numbers were consistently worse than they were in 2018 19, making everyone say, Yeah, Flacco sucks. And that was the rhetoric. I, I remember it. People want to pretend, you know, we're 10 second toms and we don't remember what they said. But, you know, it was Flacco sucks. Flacco's bad. Flacco's awful. They're the reason he sucks, not the team. Then Flacco comes out with this great team and lights it up. They're well, talking about how great I can team, say, but
0: at least competent. Yeah, well, it's like, a, like exactly. Normal okay, roster, fair enough.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, we're going to compare him to a team like the Chiefs. They're dog shit. But yeah, fair fair enough. A competent roster they come out with. And he plays really well. If you take that last interception where, again, it's because they have no freaking play calling ability, can't adapt. Flacco felt like he had to do something in the last minute, which is understandable. But if you take that out, his numbers are unbelievable. 72% completion percentage. Now, like you said, everyone's saying Flacco's the man. Flacco's the best but they don't realize they contradicted their own argument. Like if you're admitting Flacco is awesome, like I said in the article, then you're admitting that the problem was the team the whole time, not the quarterback.
0: Right. So exactly. So the, the point is to build on your, what you're saying is that when you have things changed so fast, in the NFL, Sam is already and six this year. Um, but if he has one game where he comes out and throws three touchdowns, 250 yards, people are going to be like, dude, Sam is the guy. Like Sam can do it. So I would I would press a button and kill one person, random person on earth for Sam to have thrown for 250 yards and three touchdowns last night because it would just make things, my life better. And one person in the world, people die all the time. So look – very frustrating that it wasn't Sam, and and to Matt's point, you know, at the end of the game, there's, it, it's hard to, it's very hard to defend the Jets winning football games right now. And I will do it if Sam Darnold is playing, because I think Sam is the guy, and I believe in him. For Joe Flacco to win games right now is is a little bit, it it's just counterproductive, it, it, because even if. Like I want Sam to come back and win games, but let's say Sam comes back and wins two or three games, that's fine. If Joe Flacco wins this game, we're just going to get a worse pick anyway. Like Sam can come back and win two games. We don't have to take Trevor Lawrence or another quarterback, and then we can still have a better pick because yeah. Flacco lost. <laughs>
2: and Mike, to your, to your one person dying in the world, I just did a random country generator. We got Bangladesh. So you don't know anybody in Bangladesh. That one person's. Bad. I don't know anyone being
0: with us. And I, it Could be I think the bad, population's bad is pretty
1: high, so should yeah, be okay.
2: I mean, <laughs> if it would have been USA in the random generator, then we would have had to randomize state and get a little closer to who maybe you knew them. But we talked about the play calling. We the Jets ran four plays in the fourth quarter, four. And it, yeah. obviously, yeah. you probably remember what happened. You get the 12 men on the field penalty. They still only got a field goal on that drive. Which
0: is overrated, by the way, the 12 men on the field. It, it actually helped the Jets because. Yeah, it
2: took more time off the clock. Yeah, so they the field going it
1: anyway. did. Yeah, I pointed that out actually in a tweet. I right. said that well, I mean, because like... they stopped him again. It actually worked. And it, it, it's tough to. Greg Williams' defense, and I, I've been saying it all year, They've been people have been saying they're good at this, they're good at that. When it comes to defense, there's two things that matter to me. I look at Rex Ryan's defenses and Todd Bowles' defenses. They were good because they were good at getting to the quarterback consistently with blitzing, and they were good in coverage. They could hold their own. Two things that the Jets' defense has been atrocious at this year. It's not a amazing thing that this last game was the first game this season where they were consistently getting to the quarterback and they were actually playing good coverage. And they, still they played well points. in the first three. They played well in the know, first yeah. three quarters, just, I would say. But I think I mean, they finally
0: they, they played with the energy. They hit hard yesterday. They finally had some passion, it looked like
2: they had an identity yesterday for for the most part. And then those two fourth quarter drives where the Pagers moved down the field. It was three and they got points out of it. That's what killed them. But going back to the play call of Flacco going deep on the first play of following the field goal, I don't hate that play call. Obviously, it was the wrong read. You should have checked down. There's two guys wide open. But they went for it, and they were aggressive. And then from there is when the Jets shown that they have not been in a game all season. They were completely unprepared to play in a game in the fourth quarter late. Patriots drive down the field with a minute and a half left, minute 50 left, get a touchdown. Jets go three and out. What was it? Incomplete. Sack incomplete. I threw a, like a seven yard yeah. pass, then he got sacked. We no, saw it in okay. the
1: Bills game, too. I mean, they did the same thing in the Bills game. We're seeing a team that is amazing so far when they play well. They're great in the first half, but they don't exist in the second half. Denzel Mims is becoming a first half wonder. He does great in the first half, and in the second half, he might as well not even be on the field.
0: Yeah, yeah the Justice didn't really have the ball, too. You can't let up 18 play drives, and it's a.
1: That it's was just, the issue in the fourth, yeah.
0: Yeah. Two of them. I mean,. Obviously, Matt said the Jets only ran four plays in the fourth quarter. Well, and again, but, yeah. hard to
2: do. That's I'd rather go down. Do.
0: But I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather throw a bomb and get it intercepted than go, you know, run the ball in the middle of Frank Gore three times, especially in these kind of games. I mean, but at that point, you can argue that it might be better to run the ball in that literal situation just throughout the entire season. It's,
1: you know. That's why, yeah, you brought up the play calling and like, like you just said, yeah. Flacco's the kind of guy to do that. You look at – for example, Mike McCarthy right now, who's you know, with Dallas. Remember, Dallas was saying that they were unhappy with their coaches and that they didn't like their guys. Go back to Aaron Rodgers. He was saying, you know, this guy's handcuffing me, but he's a veteran and he knows what to do. I feel like same thing with Brady. He said the same things about Belichick. They're not doing well without him right now. I feel like Flacco's enough of a veteran that he can do enough to, in spite of Gase and in spite of Logan's. That's why you saw a lot of those deep throws. I don't remember Sam throwing deep. I don't think he's thrown deep all freaking year. It's these chuck downs at the line because he can't audible. I think Joe has more freedom and ability to go, yeah, that's wrong. I'm going to throw to this guy instead. Something like yeah, that.
0: Maybe once they got these receivers back, Adam Gase and Logan's decided, oh, maybe now we'll throw the ball down the field a little bit, which is such a cop out. Like, and, you know, the Jets have taken a couple of shots at Jeff Smith who stops running all the time uh, with Sam, but –
2: it's just tough because the Jets all year and even last year have really struggled in the red zone. It, was, it would seem like we did an okay job getting there after the first drive. The first drive, we were money last year. Every, every time we get in the red zone, and Sam throughout his career, three years have, has not been a good red zone quarterback. That's fine. It, you know, it comes with playing the game more and, and you know getting more reps, but Joe Flacco last night, all three touchdowns, what? Not in the red zone, right? All throws over 20 yards, if I remember correctly. So if you look at it from there, Flacco has a big arm. He did. He made a throw to Crowder, which was the lowest catch probability in the past two and a half years. So, Flacco played a good game. He played a competent game. I don't. He made a bad decision one time on that throw. The Jets also have no run game consistently. It's always three and a half yards a carry. You give Gore twelve carries. P. Ryan six. Used just peer on a couple times in the past game. It just, I feel like I missed the 2010s, 2011, where they were able to run the ball whenever they wanted and get four and a half yards. Now we get lucky. If we get three, a three yard Frank Gore carry, I'm looking and I'm like, all right, we, we got the ball moving a little bit. It, you, you, just... you nailed
1: the ball right on the head, man. Exactly. I, I, I literally call it the Adam Gase effect. And I literally wrote something on this. I decided to do a little research. Not only is he, Toward the bottom, or worst in literally every category, he's never had a good running game. If you go back to anywhere he's been, he's always had horrible running. And it's not that they don't have talent. He had Le'Veon Bell. If you go back to Miami; they didn't have great backs. Being away at Kenyon Drake for a little while, he's just a horrible. Exactly, he is just the. For some reason, he doesn't know how to run the ball. Everywhere he's been, his offenses have always been bad, but the running game has been non-existent everywhere.
2: There's just always an excuse with Adam Gaze, and you can. You know, if he, this was his first year, you get cluster injuries at wide receiver. You can't control that, and we get that. But every year it seems to be, you know, I didn't have the right players. My quarterback wasn't good enough. Everyone got hurt. I got held back by ownership. It's always one little thing, even back when he was in Miami. And I'm tired of the excuses. You can't be bottom tier in plays called every single year the more plays you have on offense, the more ability to score points. It's a very easy denominator and he never has the most plays it's it, and now. You now Dow is the coach offensive coordinator. He's been at least competent in the first half, but again, the jets aren't running a lot of plays. So is it the guy calling it or is it his fucking offense? Because either way it's not working out for any team he's been on minus pay and manning. So I'm just at a point that I, I get everyone's like, Oh, we have a better chance to tank. With Adam Gase, I think Harrison, you call it out a lot. Every player and every coach tries their hardest for 60 minutes every single game. And there's and obviously teams can be built to not be great. You look back when the, the Colts got Andrew Luck that previous year, their team was garbage. Nobody's on the field tanking. So if, if you tell me that Joe Douglas is keeping Adam Gase, so we go 0-16, that's crazy. An 0-16 year is on Joe Douglas's resume for the rest of his career. He does not I, want yep. that.
1: So why, no, I 100% agree. Why don't yeah.
2: we try something different? Obviously, you can't change the offense midseason completely, but give Jim Bob Cooter a, a call to plays. Make Brent Boyer or Greg Williams your head coach, even though not special teams or defense has played to the amount that you would give them the head coaching job. I want to see this team away from Adam Gase, and I cannot believe that when they were 0-3, we were told, hey, if they lose to Denver on Thursday night football, you know, Gase is probably a goner. And now we're five games later and they've been in one game and he's still here. I don't understand why he's still the head coach. Oh,
1: I can tell you a hundred percent. You're ready. It's the owners. It's our owners. It, it, we have the most dysfunctional organization in the entire NFL. It is a joke. People. I honestly feel that Douglas would have fired Gase already if it was actually his call to make, if Agreed. he actually was allowed to say "you're fired, we're moving on," but I really don't think fired. it is, and that's what literally scares the hell out of me. Our power structure is so screwed up, just completely screwed up, and we could thank the Johnsons for that.
2: Yeah, I agree that if Douglas were to say, "Chris, we got to move on from Gates right now," it would be done. I think that's obvious. Some people on Twitter continue to tell me that's not true. I completely disagree. I do think NFL ownership, and it's different in different leagues. I, I think their biggest fault is getting the right head coach and knowing when to fire them and knowing when to move on to a new guy. I think from there, I don't think the Jets have cash considerations as Manish Mehta continues to report. I think if Joe Douglas... Won, always spend used...
0: money. He's such an asshole, Manish oh. Mehta. I agree yes. with you, Matt. But, <laughs> but, but I
2: think when it comes to ownership, I think you fault Chris Johnson. And I think Woody Johnson was... you know, They made the playoffs a lot under his tenure. They had some tough years. But then you look at Chris Johnson... I think his biggest fault was keeping Todd Bowles probably a year too long and not firing Adam Gase soon enough and hiring Adam Gase. So it all comes down to the head coach. I don't think just yet I can blame everything on ownership. I know the Steve Cohen's of the world don't make as big of an impact in football as they do in a different sport.
0: Well, baseball is a no salary cap, obviously. Yeah, yeah so exactly. So right. In football,
1: though, if you want, I feel like this is actually a big thing with me. I 100% think it is definitely the Johnsons for the majority of our problems. Be happy to tell you. I've... I literally wrote something. If you think about economics, I called it trickle-down dysfunction because that's exactly what it is. Dysfunction trickles down from the top and disseminates and affects everybody within that organization. Everybody will tell you, if they were allowed, that that's the problem. I mean, look at what's been going on over the last couple of years. We talk about Adam Gase. I, I know I-, I hated the man. I didn't want him signed at all. I knew he was a bad coach. What kind of homework could the Johnsons have done? They fired him, like, I feel like an hour after he was fired from Miami. Like, that doesn't doesn't... doesn't make any sense. And look at Matt Rule. Matt Rule was all lock, stock, gun, and barrel ready to join the Jets. Then he's like, these guys want to pick my staff. They want to micromanage me. And I feel like that's been the problem. The Johnsons have their hands on this organization. They don't understand football, and they just need to step away. But they won't, because like you just said, you agree with me, if Douglas he would have fired Gase. Because, again, it's the micromanaging. They've always had their hand in this organization since the day they bought in it. And that's why we've had a couple of good years, but most non-drafts and most dysfunction, if you look at the entirety of the last 20 years.
0: I hear you. The, the, to Matt's point is like so. So Adam Gase is a disaster. But let's go back to Todd Bowles and Mike McAdney. Once the Johnsons hire Mike McAdney and Todd Bowles, then the Jets make that team. The Jets don't. The Woody Johnson's not telling Todd Bowles to punt down two scores in the fourth quarter. So it's not just Woody Johnson. It's it's also then you have that. But the, you know it's their fault for hiring the guy. But the Jets can succeed with that product. It just hasn't worked consistently so it does go back parts of the owner and also it doesn't help that Woody Johnson's name is just Boner Dick his name is Boner <laughs> Dick how does that happen
2: not not a great name not a great name and look when it comes to Chris Johnson too I don't think he's a shithead I don't think he's in the building trying to make big plays I think he he got swindled by Peyton Manning and said look this guy never had a real quarterback he went to the playoffs with a bad Miami team. If we give him a young guy and he can replicate even what half of what Peyton Manning did, maybe it was worth it. So he, he got con-jobbed. He, w- he made a horrible move. But you look at Chris Johnson. He's at all the games, in the locker room, post-game on the field, shaking his players' hands. He doesn't give the media a headline. He's soft-spoken. He's not an asshole. He's terrible for hiring Adam Gase, but I do think he actually cares about winning. And the Matt Rule he- point... I don't know. I, I, I didn't want Matt
0: Rule. I'll say. Matt,
2: I, will t- I'll, I will be the first one hand up that I was wrong on Matt Rule because. But,
0: but whatever. What is he, three and six? This guy because is. Because when you genius? have
2: Adam Gates as terrible as he is, he's a below yes. 500 head coach and it doesn't go to disaster, and it did now at 0 and 9. But when I think of Matt Rule bringing in a new college staff and, and a guy who was good at Temple, good at Baylor, I, I thought that that had a high risk and a incredibly high reward but I thought it was a higher risk because I thought a brand new NFL coaching staff made of college guys at a a small school of Temple and then he had two years at Baylor I was terrified and me too I was
0: was happy with Greg Williams as our defensive coordinator also and because the other option was another big option was Cliff Kingsbury who's been pretty good in, in Arizona but was the well, guys thirty-two? Is no the
1: options. Those are the options these guys. Wanted. I'm just saying it's in
0: it hindsight, sense. and then to look back, you know, and I'm not saying you're doing this, but to look back and be like, "Oh, Matt Rule, like salivating over this guy." You know, the Panthers have played some close games. Oh no, no. And, they, and it's
1: not about that. It's again yeah. just the fact that the micromanaging literally shown to you. He's like, they wanted to handpick my staff and wouldn't allow me to put the guys yes, I, I wanted see, in the exactly. That's literally my only point. Yeah. And again, I'm, when I say micromanaging, I don't mean like you know they're they're going in there to physically mess it up. I mean the decisions they make. And the fact that they're overbearing, they're controlling more than they should be controlling, and they're not willing to ease that control, and that is due to textbook narcissism? I don't know.
2: <laughs> you know, you know I- I'll say one thing. I don't care how much they fuck up the team. I still go to games, and I still buy four blue points for $12, That's the $15. problem. They're
1: never going to sell because we but can't I can't, I can't not it
2: do it. As much as I could be mad, as much as I'm like, oh, I've seen some tickets. Mike, do you want to sell them? I kinda wanna go to the game and get fucked up and have a good time. Like I can't I can't get away from it. I
0: understand more being mad at ownership in baseball than I do in football. I under I see your point, Harrison, but in baseball like the Mets owners got swindled by fucking uh, Bernie Madoff and our morons and really screwed the team and you know in baseball the Mets are in a big market, you should be able to spend more money, there's no salary cap. In football, I get it, like the just all they need to do is just hire one coach
1: correctly it doesn't have and that's that's the point and if, if i may for a sec that's exactly they can do, the point. It. They so can do I'm ta- it i'm talking about past things that have bothered me but if yeah. you want we can talk about future you guys literally agree with me that i feel like joe douglas is finally the right guy he knows what he's doing but again you also agree that i think you would have fired gase if given the opportunity that means mm-hmm. they're controlling that situation and not you know, allowing him to to speculating too though. we I don't know it's that. That.
2: i think it's a ha- i agree it's but, a but, year, but to that though. Extent,
1: Will he then control who the next hire is? We say we want Douglas to be able to bring in his own guy. Is that really going to be the case?
2: Look, it's it, it's a fair argument to make of the next head coach. We're looking at – when we're looking at now, I think you can't fire Adam Gates after 7-9. Too many you're losing your quarterback. I, mean, I wouldn't have hired him on. to begin
1: with, but that's just me. Right,
2: right. Once you have him, you're stuck with him for at he least a He should not have been fired after the first year. I agree. So, so then, you, then you go no, into I agree, a yeah, fresh start exactly. with – 2020, and he's 0-9. So if if Chris Johnson says, hey, Joe, you can't fire him yet, if it's half a season of not being able to fire him, and Joe Douglas is like, "All right, I'm fine with that. But I want to ask a few more questions to Harrison. Are you around MetLife, and do you attend the games? Because I want to know of a game that you attended that you look back on, you're like, damn, that was a great game to go to.
1: I mean, honestly, and I find this really fascinating. Maybe I'm the only one. I tend to notice that When I watch the football game on television, I'm more into the game. When I'm at the physical stadium, like you mentioned, it's more the atmosphere. I can't 100% tell you this play or that play, but I can tell you the people who I was with. I can tell you the people I was getting drunk with and enjoying Mm -hmm. myself and having a good time. And I've noticed that tends to be a little more the case.
2: Yeah. I mean, we have a strategy. We get there four to five hours before. um, One person is responsible and drives home. We get murdered until like eleven forty-five, And then we're like, all right, let's make sure we got some food in us. We drink water. We want to be coherent yeah, for the entire game. It, it becomes, it, and then you, it's like when the cops come at a party that you're out of college, you start to really sober up and you're like, Oh, it's go time. That's how you feel at twelve forty-five when the starters start running out. So then at one o'clock we're in the game, obviously it's, and it's funny. You look at the plays. Like I forgot that happened when you rewatched the game on the highlights after it. But Until the second quarter, and they stopped serving beer now after after halftime, which is ridiculous, but you know the spot you're in. When I went to the Jets-Bills game in 2018 when Darnell was out and Matt Barkley torched us, at the end of the second quarter when it was over, I must have bought four blue points back to my seat. It was awesome. So I definitely see where you're coming from. um, But, hey, if you ever want to come to a game, me and Mike have season tickets, you can get a seat by us. We'll pregame, have a good time there. Mike, any, any, any other questions we got? I have a few more that we can rattle off.
1: Yeah, bring them on. Let's, let's talk as long as you guys want.
2: Mike and I have, a th- a, we, we watched too many games together for the past decade and a half that we are on the same page on almost every single topic because we talked through it together. Is there a specific Jets player when their name is said that your brain immediately goes to one play? And I'll give you time to think about it. Mike and I definitely have the same one. Quentin Cobles. Uh, Saints. Every every time I hear Quentin Cobles' names, I think about the fourth down stuff against the Saints. Every running an
0: end around with Josh Hill, their backup tight end,
2: can't do it. Not on, not on Big Q. I've
0: got a good one. What about uh, Isaiah Troughan? He uh, blocked a punt against the, the Cowboys in the nine eleven
2: game. In yeah, twenty eleven. Good answer.
1: Yeah. No, I would say for me, and again, maybe I'm just an offensive line guy. My favorite guys to watch were guys like Debrickishawn and Mangold. I love those guys. Staple of the offensive line. I feel like those were the best years for me. I mean, I could just remember. They all are just amazing. The years of Chad Pennington, the years of Curtis Martin, the years when he had guys like Coles. Hey, That's Moss. your guy,
0: Woody Johnson, man, is the owner.
1: <laughs> Which, uh, no, I, I, you know, you're you right. You're 100% right. And that's why, again, sustained,
0: I, sustained
1: success. It's, it's, it's a good point. I, people talk about, you know, maybe it's more Chris, maybe it's Woody. I just feel like, to me, even back then, I've spoken to a lot of older fans that, you know, were our age at that time, and they tell me that the micromanaging has always been a problem. Even when things were good, they talk about, you know, this nitpicking with Tannenbaum, this controlling with Itzik. They talk about all these interesting things, and I just feel like that's the biggest thing to me. I would be fine with them if they just say, you know what? We believe in the guys we hired. We're going to take a step back. And we're going to have no control. They run the show. But I just don't think that's happening. And that just makes me angry about the past and scared for the future.
2: When when you think of John, it's like, what's the one transaction he made that you'd think about? Oh, I have the, the worst I'll... thing no, for me Smith. was
1: was was for me personally was freaking drafting Geno Smith. Thinking I'm that gonna... in any way, shape, or form yeah. was the answer. I knew that kid was a bust. I am a big college guy. I watch. I knew that guy was a bust before he was even taken. I wanted again. Sanchez wasn't great quarterback, but when they had talent around him all those years, he took us to the FC Championship back to back. He was good. He was good enough to win with if you had the talent around him. And I hated that it's just blew that team up from the inside instead of actually building and cultivating talent around the guy they had, which again, we talk, this, we talk about this deja vu. The, a lot of the older fans say that they feel like that's what it is now. They don't want to blow up everything for another quarterback. They want to build a team.
0: Now, and three, i get that. Say what it is, the, the transaction. One, two, three, Dimitri Harvin. Damn it.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. So Mike... Mike, I was saying Demetri Patterson Was signed To the number one corner Never came to camp My, Yeah I remember that
0: He just never showed up Yeah, I, just,
2: I, I don't know why trading traded for Percy Harvin
0: we were one and seven in They were 1-7 When they were
2: 1-7 It was a fourth round pick Or Something like that
0: I think um, it was a fourth round pick
2: I was like, Actually, dude, I, We
0: we kind of were defending it, but that's we, were we were like, dude,
2: Percy Harvin, get the fuck out for a fourth round pick. I go, he's gonna come back. Next year, we're gonna resign him.
0: Him and that's Eric Decker now. are gonna dominate for years to come.
2: And the following game was that the Bills game where they yep hit in the end zone.
0: Yeah, they hit Percy Harvin on the floor.
2: Was that 2014?
0: 2014. So that was so the that
2: Michael per- Vick. Michael Vick came in.
0: So there a the game. Oh. The Jets' offense was Michael Vick, Percy Harvin, Eric Decker. Uh Jay Samaro, Chris Johnson Chris the running Johnson. back. <laughs> oh, they had Ed Reed. I oh, know they had Ed Reed the year before. Oh, stupid team. Dude. Well, how did they win ten games the next year? Dude, it was nice to watch Todd Bowles get destroyed on national TV
2: with uh Tom Brady. It's the president effect. Everyone loves Todd Bowles when he's gone. Yes.
0: What is going on with that, Maybe Harrison? What do you do you like Todd Bowles?
1: Now, again, if I had to say just a horrible head coach, same thing with Rex Ryan. The man couldn't find an offensive coordinator to save his life. Like, I brought up bringing Rex Ryan back as a DC if he would be willing to do that. If that's the case, he doesn't get any say over the offensive coordinator. If I were to look at just Todd Bowles' defense – I actually think they were pretty legit. We, again, had the most important things to me. We had teams that consistently got to the quarterback, disrupted plays, and we had good corners. I, we always remember used to shout in those years we wanted the defense on the field. So if I'm going to evaluate just this defense, I, I don't think he'd do it, but I wouldn't even be against bringing him back. Again, it's just a DC, and he has no say over an offense. Oh, Rex? Just defense. Oh, rec- yeah, Rex, really like preferably. Rex preferably or even – you know what? I would take Todd just Ugh, as DC, But would, it's not going to happen. He's not they, leaving the Bucks for a lateral job. There's a happening.
2: difference of being really good at one thing, of saying, all right, I got 11 guys in the field, and this is the other team's offense. Let's build out a strategy. To call a game itself, and as someone who's never coached a football game in their life, I feel like it's two completely different things. And I, I'm fine. And, and Tempe had a – as much as they got torched – Um, what was it? Sunday night.
1: Oh, it was, it was brutal. I think they got shut out or no? Tampa they, I think they got a field goal in the last minute. He saved the shutout. Look,
2: look when it comes to Todd Bowles, we've always talked about you can be a bad coach, but if you are bad with clock management and you punt down two scores within the final five minutes of the game, you should not be a head coach and you should be fired immediately after the game. Um, but
0: there are certain things that make you lose faith in a coach. Yeah. Yo, I have a take.
2: Throw it at us. We need it. Take. I
0: I am more excited for the Jets week 11 game after the bye than I've been in 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 a few weeks.
1: Is that the Charger game? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: They change the schedule is annoying. Because
1: that, that, that could be a winnable game. It definitely could be. I mean, I've been saying the whole time, long before everybody back in January, that Justin Herbert was the best quarterback in this draft. Everyone told me I was nuts. It was Burrow. I've been saying I, Herbert is the guy. This kid throws a great football. So I knew it back then. It's, he's proven it now. I mean, it is a winnable game, but Herbert is the guy.
2: Hey, my hot take of the draft is that Jacob Easton was going to be the second-best quarterback taken. Maybe hasn't he could been, be. Hasn't been proven <laughs> wrong yet. Has not been proven wrong. That Dude, is true. But hasn't
1: proven right, but not wrong.
0: <laughs> Sam Darnold with the normal offense coming off the bye, healed up. I want to see my guy throw for 240 yards, three touchdowns. I have a mind-blowing
2: stat. I have a mind-blowing stat. Do it. What Adam Gase is 1-0 coming off the bye. <laughs> the
1: New it's definitely possible. I mean, I said that there's a Undefeated. chance they could win this Patriot game, and they um, almost did.
0: Adam Gase is Andy Reid. You know, or is Andy Reed hardwell after the
1: bye? Is that the I mean I uh, wouldn't compare him to any two of those guys. That that's that a compliment the, to Adam Gase. That's the yeah.
2: All right. All right, Harrison. Did you play football growing up in uh you know Pop Warner High School, college?
1: Uh I did, yeah, and i uh Uh, Wrote a little bit about that as well. It's a personal story. Oh wait, I think I
2: I know. I definitely read that.
1: Oh, you did that. No, I definitely read it. You were you walked on,
2: and then it kind of didn't work out, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was a really interesting situation because I didn't play in high school because I was always a bigger guy, but I wasn't big and strong enough to be a lineman. Like, in, as a freshman, I tried it, and I talked about that. Oh, I tried to play offensive line, and, again, it's why I have so much respect for those guys. Most offensive linemen are smarter than their quarterbacks. Like, you want to ask them questions. Like, I couldn't remember what, what to kick and where to read and what gap was what. I just couldn't do it, and the coach was always ripping my ass apart. I was running for leaves to the point where I couldn't breathe. It was a nightmare. Finally, they switched me to defense, and just one job. They told me to get to the quarterback. And I was like a backup guy, but I remember one time I got a sack. It was like a big thing. Everyone got nuts, but I never played again. Like I tried out after that. It didn't work out. I was a huge fan. But when I got to college, I got really, really into fitness. Like, cause I had a friend that too Two buddies of mine that were both, one was a bodybuilder, one was training to be a personal trainer. So I would work out with them because they wanted me to, you know, get it because I wanted to get into it. They were like, oh, yeah. you should join us. And it was, it, it was years. Like if it's a whole transformation, I recommend it to anybody, but it's a three to four year process every single day to turn yourself into that. And I can't
2: do that. It's
0: tough. I could get 10 sacks.
2: Here's my question for Harrison. All right. You have one full season. You're only playing the 2019 Jets offensive line. So you have one whole season. Every game, you're playing the 2019 Jets with their O-line. You're the edge rusher. How many sacks do you get in one season?
1: I'm against the Jets going against that line. Right. I mentioned this with the Bills. I mentioned this with the Bills, and I got to say, you mentioned it before. Our tackles are good. That's not the problem on our no, line. No, no. In well, like 2019. To...
2: 2019. Oh, oh sorry. Sorry. Beecham I bet, I bet. and Chuma.
1: 2019. Oh, damn. Or like... Connor
2: McDermott for a couple of games.
1: Chuma figured it out this year, which is amazing. Total turnaround, like I hope. But I kind of hate Chuma.
2: I don't know why. I, f- I don't like
1: him. He's in a tough <laughs> spot, he's been too. solid yeah. this year, man. Oh, well, because he comes in. He comes in, solid. fuck
0: PFF, but. Yeah. But <laughs> he, he yeah, he's annoying. But, well, he comes <laughs> in for like Makai Becton and then it makes him look bad. Like yesterday he came in and had an immediate holding penalty.
2: So you can even you can do a stunt move inside and maybe beat Brian Winters. Like you have the twenty nineteen O line and you have How? to play them every game. Yeah. Your only job is to get to the quarterback. How many sacks are you getting?
1: Oh, last year? Oh, man. <laughs> if I'm a mediocre edge rusher, I could have 10+. No, if you... you're like a <laughs> like, Kalimata... No, you. Like, oh, me? You, me personally? You as a person. Well, chances are, uh, Kelvin Beecham hits me once and I die. <laughs> so... <laughs> so say your
2: health gets reset every play. So you... Always, like, every snap, you get to get to the quarterback... You have to be Beecham or whoever you want to be on the on the line. Oh,
1: man, that's a dream come true. I'm going to be thinking about that the rest of the day. I love that. But, man, I would be blasting past that boy. I, he'd be looking at my ass every fucking blood.
2: So
0: I'm going to what's, say – What's the number? What's the number, Harrison?
1: Oh, pfft. uh, <laughs> let's say one a game. I'm going to get close to the record. Let's say 16. Let's what? say 16. <laughs> yeah, so, buddy. I think I
0: got <laughs> like four sacks, I think.
2: I am, I
0: am oh, five, nine. It's a, zero. <laughs> I'm five nine and
2: a half. I put five eleven on my driver's license. I'm one fifty five. I would get two and a half. I'm very confident. I would get two and a half.
0: What like five half sacks?
2: No, it would be like someone steps <laughs> up in the pocket. I kind of fell, and it, it like they got pushed into my area, and I just kind of wrap them up by the, an- the ankle, get a half sack. Uh, two and a half. That's probably like all-time season leader for the Jets, I'd probably be like tied for like 84th on the list and I'm fine with that. That's that
1: praise to Douglas, man. That's the praise to Douglas. This year, none of us are getting shit because our tackles are legit. Yeah,
0: I always bring up the 2014 Jets, Calvin Pace had 10 sacks. Like six of them were untouched.
1: That was the last edge rusher we had, man. I talk about him all the time. That was the last good to great edge rusher we've ever had. Since then, we've never had one.
0: Everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked.
2: All right, um, Harrison. Do I remember correctly that you wrote that you ran a four four? Am I re- remembering that correctly?
1: Oh, I, I was legit. I can tell you, I did. You want something like four four, like a 4-4. Can, 4-4, four like four nine? Okay, okay, high four okay. four. So we're talking, okay. oh, yeah. we're talking somewhere between like uh, maybe on a best day a four six, but not really. It's more like a four four
0: eight.
1: Yeah, it's like a four four eight to a four five two was about my range. And I'm telling you, my man, there's plenty of guys that will vouch for that. We're talking running every other day for four years, five to ten, usually somewhere between five to ten miles, every other day working out like a fiend. I got myself to that point. And that was the only reason I thought I could even try out for Stony Brook because I'd gotten myself to that point. I learned, unfortunately, my body couldn't take it. But
2: Dude, three three to four years you trained for that.
1: I, again, you, that's bro. the beauty of it. I wasn't training for it. I was just doing it, and it just kind of became an option at one point.
2: I have never committed to th- anything for three to four years, and my current girlfriend and my it
1: was fun. It actually future wife. Enjoy if she's it, listening,
2: I love you, and I will commit longer. But I haven't had a chance to do it yet, so I don't know what I can do. She definitely has not listened this far yet. But if you have listened this far,
0: she's not listening.
2: She's definitely not listening. Um. <laughs> I think I could run sub four or five. I think I could. What? I think I, I mean, no, 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 I'm sorry. Wait, right wait, sub it's five, tough. sub five, sub five. Oh, five. oh sub
1: five. Okay, sub I was going to say, to get that fast, that's what No, I like. cannot
2: run a sub but four right
1: five. Now, right now, I'd be lucky if I got anywhere near a four eight. I'd be lucky. I'd be so, thankful.
2: So I have weird like running abilities. Like, I run a 10-mile race every October in D.C. for the Army 10-miler, and I never run any other day throughout the year. Like I finished the race, I felt I feel horrible.
1: And you don't train?
2: No training at all. The last time I went last year, I didn't go. The year before was Darnold versus Broncos. I finished the race, found a bar, got the game on, and then watched Sam. You know, how throw far? A is, great game. How
1: long you got to run?
2: Ten miles. <laughs> it's a ten mile race.
1: You must you must have it in you then because you can't. No, do it's that. it's like a weird training. type of energy. energy. I'm like Harvey Langey
2: on third down. Like I just, <laughs> I, I just, my brain just turned to a different. Animal. Speaking
1: of that kid, I he's been an edge rusher his whole life. I think maybe he's found his calling. He's actually been pretty damn good as a middle linebacker. He's impressed the hell out of me.
2: So if I remember correctly, and Mike, Mike has a better photographic memory than I do. Harvey Lange is a, he he did play meaningful snaps last year, but he also played special teams a lot. I feel like you always saw him clean up the kick returns. Harvey Lange, the best thing he could be for the Jets is be Lorenzo Malden when Lorenzo Malden actually played. Just be the guy who can bring a quarterback pressure on. I don't want Harvey Lange starting any games, but yes, he is a bolt of energy. He tries hard. He's not jogging like Pierre Desir did last night. He plays hard every play. And I, I respect that because if you get to that level and you're one of the 53 times 32, what do we got there? 1,500? 1,500 1, people. Uh, Harrison's like not the right math. No, no, no,
1: no, 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 no. No, I'm telling you, I'm a social studies teacher. I can't do math. I'm telling you I can't do that math. So around, At I get a calculator, That's not around
2: 1,500 people get to the highest level on the planet. You want to play it hard. That's what kills me when you watch guys don't go after it. Like, if any of us three were out there, we would be Harvey Lange. Probably not as fast, as quick, as, as strong, but we are going in on every play, and you can't take it for granted. And I think that's the type of culture that Joe Douglas will build throughout this team. Yeah. But if you're playing for Adam Gates and you've been playing for coaches, like, you come out of college, you're playing for Dabo, Nick Saban, like, these, these guys with high pedigree, and you find Adam Gates as your next head coach – maybe the adrenaline and in the, in the type of competitiveness you have goes down. I don't know. I tweeted out the clip from the, the green and white scrimmage in, in August, and the final, like, the Jets used it in one Jets drive. The pump-up speech was Adam Gaze looking at 53 guys saying, hey, you know, we're we got Buffalo coming soon. we got to be ready. Like, that's the type of guy you want leading? Like, Rex Ryan buried a fucking football. They're, they're dogs. No, yeah,
1: yeah. Like, he you, he yeah. made
2: no. the grounds yeah. crew dig up grass and bury a football. If Adam Gase, the head coach, he'd bury a football every other week. It's crazy.
1: I pointed that Adam, out the other day. Adam Gase, so everyone's calling him a clown. A clown. You know he's heard it. I said it the other day. A lot of fans would agree with me. Freaking... Rex Ryan would have drove into the skid. That man would have showed up to a presser or a game in a clown mask just to crack everybody up and ease the tension. And like you said, the players would run through a wall for that guy. No one's even running through a pond for Adam Gase. That's not even happening.
0: Fair. Fair. Harvey Mike. Lange. Dude, Mike. Harvey Lange, the one, the play he made yesterday, he missed the sack on Cam Newton twice and then made the tackle 10 yards downfield was...
2: Electric play. Was
0: refreshing to see. Yeah. I mean...
2: So I do a thing when I do watch Jet games with my non-Jet f- fan friends where I tell them, like, someone will make a tackle. Like, oh, Lamar Jackson, nice tackle. Like, I looked like a big shot knowing who, like, number 38 is on the team. I must have said Harvey Lange's name, like, four times, even before That's that play that Mike talked here. about. <laughs> what I didn't know was when... <laughs> first Bennett Jackson threw me off seeing
0: 39 I, admit, I hung out with Bennett Jackson this summer
1: yes I can't believe crazy. he's on the roster I'll be honest yeah. I can't didn't he try to hook up on with your girl
0: he's being an asshole he's wearing a sweater it was like July I don't know what the fuck
2: <laughs> he was doing
1: he should learn how to play football first
0: and it was me him and Shalit Calhoun the guy in the Patriots the defensive end
2: you play we him were in
1: playing, beer
0: pong we are playing beer pong actually we are playing flip cup
2: did you beat him in flip cup
0: he was on my team. He's a good guy. I liked Shalee Kevin. How was,
2: was he, like, self-aware? Did he put the cup the wrong way like some people do during flip cup? No, he
0: was, like, a cool, normal dude. He, he, like, knew power. what he was doing? Okay, that's cool.
2: Yeah, he did a like great down. He he had Braden, Munt, or Braden Mann have a punt inside 10, which is another big play by Bennett Jackson. Then they show the replay of a random play. Joe Flacco did play action. You saw the, the receivers go out. Yeah,
0: number 43. And I see number
2: 43. And I go, who the fuck is that? And I, I've heard <laughs> the name Ross Travis. I really try to know the 53 man at all times. And yeah. I, my brain, I couldn't believe it. And who is the defensive tackle that played? Number 79 or something? Oh, or? I, I, I sent you his name. Who? Oh, my God. He was on the Rams. Yeah, you
1: got to look it up. And that's also, the beginning of it right now. You should be bringing in guys to see yeah. who can do it. I mean, the season's a wash. So you shouldn't want to bring in guys Panzel, like
2: that. Panzel Smart. Got two tackles left. I'll be honest, I he don't didn't know
1: have who two tackles. He I, I don't. <laughs> he did. I don't. I'll be honest, real. I don't even know. who Dude, he is.
0: also the Jets fucking tweeted out like a hype tweet for the game, and it was uh, it was literally Harvey Langi. It was a picture of Harvey Langi in the black uniform. They and, you knew. know, like he like he was cool last night, but like, come on, dude, like what kind of organization is tweeting out Harvey Langi in anticipation for Monday Night Football?
1: Before you like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you, know, you talk about talent, I'll ask you this, man. Name one. Just give me one guy on the team that, you know, you would call an A-plus a+ guy, you'd stick on a matting cover, make the face of the franchise. McKay Other Beckton, than obviously the quarterback.
0: I would put McKay Becton.
1: And again, that, I love him too, but it's, again, potential. He's not there yet. I'm saying there's not a guy like you, – you know what I mean. There's it was not the
0: Jamal like Adams the guy. Before Jamal yeah, Adams. yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah. which, happened, which I'm happy players.
1: he's gone. But yeah,
0: Mikeai Bechton would be the star guy. Then hopefully Quinnen, and then you know you're getting into like Marcus May, who's like a good. Quinnen,
1: I love the guy. I think he's coming around great. But let's just—he's got three sacks on the season. If he he finishes the year out, he's got six. He'll have six sacks on a whole year, and he only had a handful last year. I'm not saying he's. I'm again. I'm not saying he doesn't look like. No, we we were skeptical.
0: We were skeptical of Quinnen last year, but. Yeah, there's We talk about this all the time, Matt and I. There are at least two sacks this year that Quinnen has gotten taken away from weird roughing the passer. Okay, like, that's
1: still calls,
0: five. <laughs> oh, but five is are really 10. good for and interior defensive line. He literally yeah, sacked. He's not a he,
1: traditional interior guy. That's he literally sacked Patrick Mahomes yeah. last week,
0: and they just didn't call it. We're big hypothetical that's sack Twelve. Dive. That's 12.
1: I personally feel that, you know, we had Leonard Williams when we got Quinn and we traded him away. Maybe I was wrong, but my expectation with Quinn, and I think many Jets fans was, was that he was going to be a pass-rushing guy. He He was going to be a guy that gets to the quarterback. A guy like that that can do that. And again, I'm not saying he's not starting to be great, but I will say this. If he has two more years, like his last two, there's no way they're going to renew his fifth-year extension. It's not gonna happen.
0: Uh, I think he's been good this year. I, I, I see mean, what you're saying. If he has six I, th- sacks I know I then, agree he's been and
1: good, and then his six sacks next lived year. up to what he's supposed to be. That's yeah. I think he's good. I definitely think he's I, I, good. I, I don't kinda, think he's bad at all.
2: I kind of like Greg Williams his take on look, he had a high ankle sprain, hurt him a lot last year, comes in this year, probably should have five and a half sacks, as me and Mike talked about. But I think Bart Scott said it best when me and Mike met him at one of the ticket holder events. He said, Hey, look, with Quinnin. Leonard Williams, there's no more. You got a lot of good pressures. You stuffed the run, two and a half sacks. And yeah. then, of course, Leonard Williams did nothing. We traded him for good compensation. He sucked throughout 2019. And now he's having a resurgence in early 2020. That's fine. <laughs> but I look at Quinn and I'm, I'm like, all right, he should have five sacks right now. He is number two in the NFL and, and stops behind Aaron Donald as an interior defensive lineman. So then I'm like, okay, I like all those numbers. Who else is generating a pass, pass rush that can help free him up a little more? No one. Fully, Henry is... Anderson. Oh yes, Henry Anderson. <laughs> His is a psycho too. <laughs> I, I but think. But again,
1: I I could feel differently. People talk about Darnold and stuff. You know, oh, he was the third overall. I feel like every position is different. And when I look at a guy that's supposed to get to the quarterback, a guy like a. Again, an edge rusher, Khalil Mack, but let's use a middle guy. Let's say like a Chris Jones, for example. He gets to the quarterback even when he's double-teamed. double team pressure, like you said with Leonard Williams. He had the same problems. They still traded him. I just feel like for a a guy at this position.
0: Chris Jones, first year, two sacks. Second year, six and a half sacks. What did he do his third year? 15 and a half
1: sacks. Okay, so maybe, maybe he'll <laughs> do that. And again, I'm hoping for that. I'm just saying that if he keeps the trendies going, that's all I'm saying. I'll,
2: I'll I, I, the... I
1: want him to yeah. surge. I want him next year. I want him to be the guy. I want to be in the quarterback's face. I want him, and you know who the next future edge rusher is? He's on the team, Bryce Huff, undrafted guy Bryce Huff. He's I watched this kid at the Cotton Bowl. I watched him at the Senior Bowl. I wanted him drafted by the Jets a year ago. I love – this kid's going to be good. He I hasn't got like a lot of playing time, but once he does, you're going to see this kid's special.
2: I, I like Huff as the, like, OLB three. Like, do, you don't – I don't want him every down, but if he gives you that burst and then he shows he can be an every down guy, I'm yeah. fine with it. He'll get I wanna, his chance. I want to play, like – Him and Kyle Phillips. I like those guys. I like Kyle Phillips. I like, like Justin yeah. Myers. I want to see how well Mike knows me. We like – we like so many people on this team and they're 0 and 9. I keep getting into this weird phase <laughs> of like, I like 25 Dude, guys in the team. It's
1: the Adam Gase effect. Dude, look yeah, at everybody. Ryan Tannehill. I can't think of a single player that when they left Gase wasn't better than they were with him. It's literally been every player that's ever played for him. Kenyon Drake, everybody has I, been better when they leave.
2: I think we we have gone to a point of, with Adam Gase as the head coach, to your point, so many bad things happen that when, you know, J- Jonathan Franklin Myers gets around the corner and has a good beat, we're like, like hey, that kid. hey, that might be pretty fucking good. And then we look at Nanny. I like Nanny's breakdown to give you a really good over- overview of it. Maybe I shouldn't be in love with Kyle Phillips this season. He had a good year last year, but I want to see how well Mike knows me. Mike, who is my, my favorite low-key edge rusher that the Jets have had like in Ever? the past 15 years? Aaron Maven. Aaron Maven. Aaron Maven. Big win, Like right, we're, yeah. back. we're back. Six Aaron
0: and a half Mabin. sacks in 2013, if I recall. Dude,
2: I think it was earlier, Now, mm, Look up Aaron Maben. I, six I re- sacks in 2011. I
1: remember right. Maven. I thought he had one good year and then proved to kind of bust after that. Yeah, he did. He, he wasn't good.
2: I'm, I'm, I just had a weird phase during quarantine. I would watch every game on Game Pass from 2009 to 2012. And in that 2011 period, I think from – I think he got all of those sacks within like an eight-week span too. He and was
0: also the 11th pick of the draft by the Bills a couple years oof, before that. I didn't know that. 11th pick, yeah. So that's why it was kind of more even of a big deal. People are like, dude, the Jets found the he, hidden gem.
2: Was that a guy from Atlanta, Tack?
0: Tack McKinley. Maybe he'll be uh, the Jets should look at him. him. We'll talk yeah, to us. Why don't, why don't you want? Um, oh no.
2: Everything I'm seeing is he gets to the quarterback. That's your guy. Like You love people that to the quarterback. I don't think
1: so. I really don't. I mean, okay. If you look at his numbers over, he was a first-round pick, and he's never had more than seven sacks a season, and he only has four and a half over the last two years, and he's in his fourth year. He's a guy that hasn't figured it out, has looked more like a bust than not, and what does he do? He runs his mouth. He's a problem. That's why they cut him, because he's like, trade me this, that. He's another head case. He's a toxic environment for the locker room. Again, I think Bryce Huff could be something. I'm surprised Jordan Jenkins isn't doing well. What is up with him? He has has one sack.
2: He's led the Jets in sacks the
1: last two years, which is a low standard, because he had eight and seven, and he led the Jets. That's pathetic. That's
0: fine, though. Fifteen sacks over two years is fine. No, no,
1: it is. But for him to be the top guy is not great. Yes. You want a guy that could be an elite. There that's
0: are right. years, there are outlier years, where if a team a guy leads a team with eight sacks, is okay, but you're right. It shouldn't be the norm.
1: Well, no, the highest, not just the norm. He no, that's led what I'm the Jets the last two years. It yeah. shouldn't
0: be the norm ever. Was, every once in a while, if, if your team leader has eight sacks, there could be a reason for that. A couple guys could have seven, six, seven sacks. And yeah, and Basham looks
1: pretty right. good. I mean, Basham's had moments. Yeah, but he's I feel an an like he flashed more. <laughs>
2: He I gets I so many get, penalties. Why do you hate him? But, but bat- he, oh, get he gets a million penalties. penalties he does yeah. get penalties. He's another true, guy yeah. where he gets a sack against Miami last year, and we're like, hey, this guy might be the future of edge, and then he does nothing for five games. Yeah, I think Douglas does it right. You get, you get premium draft picks on the positions that matter. He went O-tackle, and then he went wide receiver. And we're like, you know what? Pretty damn good. The Davis pick, I didn't love, not only because we had Jamal Adams at the time, I get nervous about guys who – is very athletic, but have no football background. Like he came out of Cal, he was a track guy, kind of fell on the football field, played great. As he you can well. see, yeah. he, he's going to struggle early like he did against the Chiefs. He had a good night last night. I think he's, he's going to have a tough, a tough year and then maybe towards the end of 2021, really be that guy who's all over the field. So he, I, I think you have to give him time. I don't get why he's not a gunner because he, you look how fast he is and how strong he is. Bennett Jackson doesn't play. He got picked up, what, two weeks ago, and then you, he's your number one gunner? Like, I don't get how that happens. Oh. Special teams is a huge point. We always talk about Brandon Man, the punts that he does have good hang time on. I feel like the, the punt returner is under the ball for five and a half seconds every time. So can we get a guy that gets down the field that, that's not named Bennett Jackson who's playing flip cup with Mike? I don't, I don't need that. Well, rich. Matthias
1: Farley was pretty good on special teams. They even named him the
2: captain. Well, he's a fucking captain, which is bananas. Maybe he's a nice he's a, guy.
1: He's not bad on special teams. I'll give him – he's not bad on special teams, but you know, I know what you're saying. Every team usually has one guy on the roster that's a special teams guy.
0: I had no idea Matthias Farley started 15 games with the Colts in 2017. He's not a
1: great football player. I mean, he's, 98 a, he's a plug-in right. safety, but he's, he's a decent special teams guy. That's why teams keep him around because he's not bad in special teams. Yeah. that That's his, his M.O. Dude, I, I kind but of. But no, you he... mentioned Davis. Dude, yeah. I've been saying this. I, I have my board of guys I wanted. Douglas is like my hero, man, because he's the first GM to take almost all my guys. There's only two guys he took that I did not really want, and that was Zuniga and Lamichael Le- Le- Perrine. And I've said that. Other than the two of them, everyone was a hit. Everyone was a guy that I would have taken. When he took Davis, I literally said, oh, this kid's got a ton of potential. I love it if he's going to trade Mayor Jamal. And then. Boom, we traded one of them.
2: Yeah, the Beckton move, I remember sending oh, to Becton. Mike in, in January of 2020 now. Yeah, so in the beginning of the year, I was like, hey, look, the big three at the time were Thomas, Wurfs, and Wills. And I was like, there's this guy, Becton, who's bigger than all of them. He's stronger he than all of them. A little less tape than they do. Maybe not as pro-ready. I was like, I think he might be the guy. And me and Mike had a lot of conversations back and forth about Mikai Becton before he had the combine, before he was one of the top four. So it was pretty cool to watch it you know, play out. My biggest fear on Becton early on was I thought he was going to be a great run blocker. I was just afraid of him getting like, two hands and like, getting beat around the, around the outside. He's been an incredible player. And not always an incredible player, I care about his character way more in his rookie year. You can suck your rookie year and I can still be like on your on your team and, and be rooting for you. But the moment he was drafted, every pick after him, Mims, per-
1: Hit hit no, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Everything after them, Mikai Beckton tweeted at them, he followed them, he said, Boys, let's get after it. I can't wait for like rookie camp, can't wait to hang out with the boys. He was the pro jet guy from day one. And it's just a, a very refreshing sight to see your first-round pick pop when you have years of Darren Lee, Calvin Pryor. We can go yep. on and on and on. Damn. And
1: that's the problem. No, 100, I have my guys. And, I, and every year, you could ask my dad. He'd always watch me. The pick would come around, and I'd be like, okay. I would tell him, like, he doesn't really know. He doesn't follow as much. I'm like, these are the three guys I like. There's these guys, too. They would always, always take a guy that wasn't on my board, a guy Wait, I didn't Do you like watch, James Morgan? 100. I do. I do. And I'll tell you why. If you watch him play, he's actually very talented. He's got excellent arm strength and good pocket awareness. I feel like he needs work, but he's a fourth round pick. Dak was a fourth round pick and he became a starter. I look at James Morgan as a win-win because I feel like at his lowest point, he's a serviceable backup which means he's a back, he. I think he's definitely a good backup, and he's on a cheap rookie deal for four years. Now, let, he just has not a chance to play. Now, let's say at best he comes out next camp, and he looks like a freaking all-star. People need quarterbacks. We trade him, and we wind up with a better pick than we have. So I, I look at him as a win-win, in my opinion.
2: I, I like we, him. We look at Morgan, and I think he did struggle early on at camp, or he would be that QB3, QB2. The fact that Mike White was activated last night and then released – Morgan isn't going to go anywhere this year as a fourth round pick. Joe Douglas isn't going to admit to missing on a pick, but he has not taken him. Well. later.
0: I, it, it's a it's classic
2: in like a fancy football draft. When I take Le'Veon bell at the end of the second round, probably could have got him in the third, but he's my guy. I did it. So if he was a Joe Douglas guy, and I think honestly, Douglas was like, Hey, Hey, we got a few captains. Let's keep doing the captain thing and talk about, you know, how high character we're drafting. Like when we took Dylan Donahue as a high character guy and he, drove down the Lincoln Tunnel drunk the wrong way. Dylan Donahue, not a good draft pick by McCannan. But um was that a, was that an Idzik pick?
0: Dylan Donahue was part of Izak. His Donahue?
1: Donahue
0: was a matt na- was... That might have been a McCann pick. I yeah I... Think... let's see. Wait.
1: No, I think he was fifteen. I think he was fifteen.
2: He was Wait, drafted
1: Mike, in tell me if I'm right.
0: twenty seventeen, what? Oh, okay. Oh, so
1: fuck, us, awesome,
2: dude. We saw, no, no, that, that, that is true. It is true. It doesn't
1: matter. He it is off. a Metcalfe pick, 100%. Yeah.
2: Because... You know
0: who also was drafted in 2017?
2: Yeah. Give, me the, yeah. give, me, give me the round. Oh,
1: give me, like, fifth the round. Jets 2017 He was fifth. Draft. I'm pretty well, sure just, he was a fifth-round pick.
0: Yeah, he was. The Jets took Jamal Adams, Marcus May. Yep. Was our? Did we didn't have a third-round pick that year, or was that Wait. Nathan Shepard? Oh, you f- Oh, it was our Darius Stewart.
1: Dad. Stewart. And the same number for Chad Henson. They, yeah. We have no wide receiver. This is why. We tried. <laughs>
2: We're like the Jets never draft failed. wide and receivers. They do. No, but we we took failed. Derek Jones failed. in the sixth round.
0: I that think we took... Uh, do we have a seventh round pick? Nah. Dude, you know what I was thinking? Is Deacon that... Simon? He might have been there too.
2: No, that was an Idzik draft pick.
1: Yeah, oh, bro, just... you mentioned like the Morgan, though. I, I feel oh, like Elijah you got uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. But you can't look at it like as a Monday morning quarterback. You know, like I feel like... At that time, this is how Douglas was thinking. He's like, you know, Flacco's – before the season, he's like, Flacco's old. He was hurt in 2018 and 2019. The chances of him not getting hurt this year are actually kind of slim. And the year before, we saw what it's like to not have a good backup. We saw what happens when you have to throw a guy like Falcon that sucks. We're big so Flacco that, right? was, I just, think, is, yeah. that was, I think, his logic behind Morgan, in my opinion.
2: Imagine how great last night would have been if the just were three and four. Or I'm sorry, you know, even three and five, four and four. And you you're like, fuck, we don't have Darnold, but thank God we've a competent guy like Joe Flacco. And then we're rooting for them to win and they're up ten points late in the fourth quarter. Like, damn it, dude. Being the Patriots Monday night football when you're even three and five, four and four, that would have been a damn good game. And the potential of now having eight playoff teams with the new rule if the if the league ends early, it would be pretty sick. That would be cool. But Oh, and nine, this is where we live. Any other parting questions for us, Harrison, that you have? Because me and Mike are an open book. We'll, we'll talk about anything jet related.
1: Uh question wise. I guess I would ask you guys other than like, uh, well, you mentioned a couple of the guys you like this year. I mean, I know Mike, you're not a, uh, you're not too high on bless Austin, right?
0: I like, you bless don't Austin. seem to
1: like him. I mean, I do, but I remember you were, you're not a big fan of his.
0: Uh, I don't know. I I, I kind of like Bless. I just I wish he would make a, little, a couple more adjustments. Like yesterday, he's just playing ten yards off Demir Bird and on a third and four. Newen, and Cam Newton's like,
1: but is that him or the play calling? Like, can you know? Like, I, I don't know.
0: Make an adjustment though. Yourself, I'm saying, you know, he's scared to get beat deep. Cam Newton's not throwing the ball down the field at all. And you know, he did throw. He tried to throw one bomb in the fourth quarter to Bird, and <laughs> plus made a nice play, but. I mean, I, I like Bless. I, I think he's okay. I, I was hoping he would be the starter this year, and he has. He's been super. I mean, the Jets' corners have been underwhelming, to be honest. It looked like the Jets, the Jets' defense was better last year when they were starting Dow Roberts and Tremaine Johnson. So I for hate 10
2: games. third down. I hate the Jets in third down. It's always Dude, that's why I want
1: Greg Williams gone too. I don't know if you guys you could tell me how you feel. I I think he's the problem too. I think. The, 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 the offense but, blames the defense. Defense blames the offense. They're both at the bottom of the league. These guys deserve each other.
0: There's not, you know... Like you said, who's the star player on the team?
2: We well, can say just, the
1: same thing about the well, offense. Well yeah,
2: here, they both suck.
1: <laughs> here's,
2: what, here's what I would say. If you, if you told me the Jets were 0-9, and you put together who was hurt in the offense and who was hurt on the defense, and you, you showed me the numbers, I'd be more shocked that Greg Williams didn't find a way to have a competent defense out there with, you didn't get the cluster injuries. You didn't lose every cornerback. Like I blame Gates as much. You can blame Gates, but losing four or five receivers and then your quarterback for three games and you trade your running back away and Chris Herndon's absent for the entire year. It's like, what the fuck? But then you look at defense. You're like, all right, Quinn missed a few games. Obviously Mosley opted out. That was already baked into the cake trade Avery, it's like I just, the defense I'm more shocked of not having a competent year. Every time it's third and mid, you play a zone and, and a guy does a hitch route. he's wide open. I, I can't fathom how horrific it is to watch the Jets play on third down.
1: Sars. Yeah, yeah no, I, I feel you. And I, I've been saying it for a while, I, I, since the beginning of the season, that Williams is as much of the problem as Gase is. I feel like he's worn out his welcome everywhere he's been. He's had a couple of good years and then always does bad and winds up getting fired. There's a reason he's been traveling around the league for 20 years and he hasn't been a head coach in all that time. People want to make him the interim head coach, but that, that's not the answer. You're just sacrificing a different kind of crap for a crap.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I My hear final you. thought is that Mekhi Beckton reminds me of Clifford the Big Red Dog. <laughs> does.
1: dude you like him you want big linemen have you heard of a guy named daniel faliel no no this guy plays for minnesota the golden gophers he is you're right he is bigger than makai beckton i shit you not so- he is taller and bigger but moves just as well I like this kid. Check him out. He, he I was big on Vecten for for two years since basically when we took Darnold. He was my guy. Check out Faleel. This kid's going to be freaking special.
2: Final Daniel Faleel. Final question for you. Yeah. The Jets don't take a quarterback with the first-round pick. Who are the top three guys that
1: you would take? Am I allowed to trade back or do I have to take somebody? Give me both. Okay, well, I feel like I'm always trading back because, again, I, I – a quarterback doesn't magically come in and fix this situation. I feel like, again, the Art Flacco made the argument for us. If people don't want to look at it, that's their prerogative. But this team needs to be rebuilt. We we have a team that's been devoid of drafted talent since, like we said, 2011, since the Tannenbaum years. Ever since that, they haven't hit on any draft picks really. So I want to trade back even more than once, like five or whatever. I want to wind up with like 15, 16 plus picks in this draft because GMs mm-hmm. make their money. GMs make their money in the later rounds. A lot of his later round guys are producing. But if I, my top three guys, Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He is a plug and play wide receiver one from day one. You put him with Mims, Crowder, mm-hmm bring back Perryman, maybe sign Gallup. That's my guy as a free agent. All of a sudden, Darnold's going to do great. Now, another guy I love, Travis Etienne. I feel like people are looking at the wrong guy with Clemson. You're looking at Trevor. You should be looking at the running back. This guy has not only the most rushing yards in Clemson history, he has the most rushing yards ever in the whole ACC. This kid is amazing, and he's going to be great.
2: I like that. I like that. We'll wrap it there. Harrison, it it was a pleasure talking to you, man. We'll definitely hard. have you back on. Um, you're doing great work on Twitter. You're you're keeping Thanks. it real and you're keeping it very honest because it's not e- it's not easy sometimes to to go hard on your takes where the entire Jeff Twitter is against you and and you keep it positive too. So keep keep it positive. I think me and might do a good job of staying positive, but also bring funny content of the the terrible things that are happening. So it, it's good to have you.
1: Oh, you do, man. You do. I, I love your stuff. <laughs> funny story, actually, that one you posted with the boys where like, you were like, you know, I'm disappointed in all of you. I'd never seen the show before. So I was watching it. And I was like, oh, that's really funny. But then I just started watching it with my fiance and that scene came on. And I just remembered that and started cracking up hysterical. And she's <laughs> looking at me like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, this isn't a funny scene. And I'm laughing my ass off because I totally get it. <laughs>
2: Dude, that was after week one, man. There's only like four or five people you can call out that are doing good. I threw them on on Black Noir and the rest of them were people I was disappointed in. But dude, the boys, great TV show, keep it running. It uh, is, I think yeah. I think we'll wrap it there, Mike. Uh